Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Past, the podcast about those who would never rule. I'm Veronica Fortune and this week's episode is Crown Prince Sato. Part one. Before I start this episode, I need to give a huge content warning. As always, the language will be appropriate, as in you could listen to it in front of your children. But the content is going to be shocking and disturbing. The subject of this episode is mentally unwell throughout a large part of his life, and his actions are horrific. I don't like to gloss over any parts of history, so I'm not going to hide things. There will be some gore, and I want you to be ready, and maybe don't listen with children in the room if you don't think they're ready for it. Welcome to the first proper subject from outside of Europe. Hopefully there will be more soon. In fact, I already have a few planned. I want to warn you in advance, this story will not have a happy ending, or middle for that matter. It is a pretty rough story that I'm about to cover. This won't be the first past whose death was unnatural, of course. Thomas of Woodstock and Edward Prince of Wales were both pretty brutal. This is going to be a bit different, though. This subject is a bit of Charles II of Navarre's personality combined with the mental health issues of Charles VI of France. One note, the memoirs of Lady Hyegyang are not presented in purely chronological order. It's four individual memoirs that are each chronological in and of themselves. If you're reading it, the first memoir, the memoir of 1795, is less explicit than the memoir of 1805. Just a heads up, these two memoirs will of course be the main focus of these two episodes. The other two memoirs focus on Lady Hyegyang's birth family and her son, respectively. Crown Prince Sado was born on the 13th of February, 1735. He was the second son of King Yongjo of Joseon and his royal noble consort, Yongbin, known as Lady Son Hui. Neither of his parents were young. His mother was actually 39 at the time of his birth. She hadn't even become an official consort until she was 31. Sado was also adopted by King Yongjo's queen, Jongson. As I mentioned earlier, Yongjo's first son had died earlier in 1728. While Korea had previously had queen regnants, it had been more than a thousand years at this point. Not having an heir was a scary thing, especially considering the instability that occurred when King Yongjo came to power following the death of his brother, King Gyeongjong. 
But it appears that overall, King Yongzhou's reign was stable, and Sado should have had an easy time. His early childhood was easy. Most of what we know about Sado comes from the writings of his wife, Lady Hiegyang, and she didn't come into the palace until 1744, when both she and Sado were nine. So prior to her arrival, we don't have as much information as we do after her arrival. What we do know is that the people, or at least the educated or those in court, hoped that Sado would grow to be a thoughtful, intelligent man. They wanted him to be a great king, since at this point his father had become a stabilizing influence on Joseon. He was close to both his biological mother, Yongbin, and his adoptive mother, Jongsong, and his father's adoptive mother, Queen Inwan. Sado was invested as crown prince when he was only a year old. King Yongjo started visiting Sado less and less as he got older, and this upset him greatly. Part of the reason his father didn't visit is because of the ladies-in-waiting who cared for his son. Ready for this? These ladies were rude to Sado's mother. Yes, the king just didn't want to deal with rude ladies, so he visited his son less. A few of these ladies-in-waiting furthered Sado's anxiety. One of the matrons got the young prince interested in martial games. This was not something that the royal family was meant to do. They had soldiers and generals for that. Sado worried his father would find out. In addition, these activities were blamed for his violent tendencies once he got into his 20s. Just a warning about those. Just so you know, Sado was only six at this time. Once the king did find out, he sent the matron away. He probably should have checked in on his son more, but, you know, one step at a time, right? Not long before his wedding, Sado had his capping ceremony. It's similar to a formal matriculation ceremony for Sado to begin his formal education. This isn't usually done so young, though, but he was the crown prince, so he gets things early, right? Sado and Lady Hiegyang were married in 1744, when they were nine. Yes, it's very similar to the betrothals we saw in earlier episodes. Just like in those, their relationship wasn't consummated until they were 14 or so. This is common in many cultures around the world. Remember, until recently, marriages were not for the joy of the couple, but the joy and profit of the family. They were alliances to help both parties secure property or funding, and most importantly, to produce children to inherit all the work the family had done. Sado and Lady Hyegyang's marriage was not made for love. The crown, via royal edict, had asked the court to present eligible women for the king to choose as his future daughter-in-law. Lady Hyegyang's mother hadn't wanted to send her, but her father overruled his wife. Throughout these episodes, if I refer to Sado's wife, I'm referring to Lady Hyegyang. You'll see why in a few minutes. The process of choosing a spouse for the children of the king was detailed. Candidates were pre-screened. Can't have any traitors' children marrying into the royal family. Those who made it through the pre-screening were then brought to the palace to be, well, judged. The final three were then met by the king and queen and chosen in this case at least, due to both their own intelligence and Lady Hyegyang's father's abilities. It didn't hurt that Lady Hyegyang's family were members of the Noran faction. 
Her family, while not wealthy, were respected and full of scholars. Apparently, after she was chosen, the king told his new daughter-in-law, quote, Allow me a word of advice. In serving the crown prince, please be gentle with him. If his eyes wander, pretend you do not notice. It is improper for a woman to show her undergarments to her husband. End quote. Yeah, that last bit is a little confusing. Oh, and he also told her to be careful not to get rouge on her towels. Now, I find this next bit a little interesting, at least for me due to my background in Korea. While Lady Hyegung was awaiting her marriage, she was moved to a special pavilion within the palace. This was a bit confusing for me because this is not the way things are done in traditional Korean weddings. One important part is that the groom is to go to the bride's parents' house for the wedding ceremony and then bring her to his house. There was feasting at both houses, but the ceremony at the bride's house is important. While I was living in Korea, in addition to teaching English and working as a dive master on the weekends, I also wrote for the local English language newspaper, Jeju Weekly. There was a two-part story that I particularly enjoyed writing, and I'm rather proud of it. The first part was about traditional Korean weddings. The second was about modern weddings. That was an experience. Thankfully, there was a note in the memoirs. To avoid this problem, Lady Hyegyung was housed in a special pavilion, which was deemed her family's temporary home. Her parents even stayed there with her. So tradition was maintained in a rather unique way. In case you're curious, I'll include the link to my article on Jeju Weekly. Okay, I know this isn't Lady Hyegyung's story. That's coming up in a special episode for patrons. But our best source is her story, so many things I will be sharing will be from her point of view. I find a few parts, especially in her and Sado's childhood, particularly lovely. I don't know how much my listeners know about Confucianism. Remember that what you've heard will often be the perfect or ideal version of Confucianism. So the separation of a woman from her family when she married was often more an ideal than an actual practice. Think about how Catholicism was and is practiced versus the ideal of a Catholic person. This can be seen in Sado and Lady Hyegyung. While she moved out of her parents' house, they were often at the palace with her. In fact, her father, Hong Bong Han, visited the palace regularly to tutor Sado. Her mother would also visit regularly. Sado was apparently a good student and intelligent. He was generous in his youth, which will make his adult behavior all the more egregious. Sado and his father seem to have had a difficult relationship, to the point where being around his father caused the prince to have anxiety. His father wasn't the best dad. The king would regularly yell at the son in front of palace servants. Sado, though, deeply respected his father and wanted to please him, which probably didn't help his anxiety. He had a much better relationship with his father-in-law. He was actually very pleased when his father-in-law passed his palace exams. Sado was a reserved and deliberate child. He worried he would say the wrong things to his father when asked academic questions. Sado did well with his tutors, including his father-in-law, but really struggled in front of his own father. This led to his father pulling away further. It became a vicious cycle. 
Sado didn't even greet his father as a son. Lady Hyegyong even wrote that he would prostrate himself in front of the king instead of sitting and talking to him. The first event of any note about him in his life started when he was 10. He had some type of illness and it seems to have been rather severe. He lost consciousness, which would have been terrifying for everyone involved. This wasn't the last illness in the royal court. One of Sado's sisters, Princess Hua Pyeong, died in childbirth in 1748. He had been rather close to her. This loss greatly saddened him. Sado was given a second capping ceremony. His first had obviously been at a rather young age. Because Sado and Lady Hyegyong had been married so young, they had a second wedding ceremony when they were 14, and this was the time when their marriage was consummated. In 1750, Sado and Lady Hyegyong welcomed their first child, a boy, in September. I know those of you who are good at math know this already, but both Sado and Lady Hyegyong were 15 at the time of the birth of their first child. Much like European royalty, those in the highest ranks of society often married young and had children young. Sadly, this first son only survived until he was one and a half. Lady Hyegyong was pregnant when Yi Jong died. Around the time his son was born, Sado was appointed regent by his father. Yes, he was only 15, and no, nothing was wrong with his dad. This was a way for the king to allow his son to learn how to rule. It's not a bad idea, similar to sending your son to Wales to learn how to rule. The problem was, nothing was wrong with King Yongjo, and he didn't need a regent. In fact, he wanted even more power. Despite elevating his son, the king didn't allow him to partake in normal customs that would have been expected. Visiting the family shrine and assisting with court ceremonies is something that would normally be done by an heir. And the king didn't allow him to join on these things until Sado was in his 20s. And after this message, you'll hear more. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What Young Joe did allow his son to do was attend political trials. These included questioning and interrogation by the king or Sado. These were not comfortable experiences for him. Sado wasn't prepared to be regent, and it looks as though his father didn't do much to help him. He would receive letters from officials regarding complaints and basically hand them off to his father instead of trying to learn what he should be doing. Remember, at the start of his regency, he was only 15, so this was a lot to expect of him. In addition, his father would berate him about his failures. To make it worse, his father would also get upset at Sado when he tried to sort things out himself. He was in a bit of a no-win situation. His father would regularly express his disappointment with his son, expressing that he thought the prince regent had insufficient virtue. King Yongjo threatened to abdicate to scare his son, you know, the one who's only 15, into being better. That's just horrific for a child to go through. This didn't happen, and I have some thoughts on Yongjo in my concluding remarks. I have no doubt you can all guess them by now. Let's just say I will not be raising my children this way. The October before the death of his first son, Sado had woken from a dream of a dragon. He interpreted this dream that his next child would be a son, and that that child would rule. He wasn't wrong, though to be fair, he had a 50-50 chance of getting the sex right. A year later, on the 28th of October, 1752, Sado's second son, Zhongzhou, was born. Zhongzhou's personal name was Yi-san. I'll stick with Zhongzhou, though, since he'll be sticking around for a while, and this is his ruling name. Spoilers, oh, and he's also known as Zhongzhou the Great. While 1752 had something to celebrate, it was actually a rather horrible year. A measles epidemic had started in late October 1750 and hit the palace for the second time in November of 1752. Let me remind everyone listening that vaccines are amazing and measles is deadly. In fact, it killed one of Sado's younger sisters, Princess Wa Hyap, who was only 19. During this outbreak, Sado and Zhongzhou came down with measles. They had both originally been moved from the main rooms of the palace to try to protect them from the outbreak. Ye Gyeong was not allowed to come with them, which means she was separated from her son when he was only a few days old. Traditionally, Korean mothers and their children stay at home for the first 21 days after birth, so this separation was highly unusual. 
Sadly, it didn't protect Sado or his son. They both became ill. Lady Hyegyang's father actually looked after Sado along with the help. Lady Hyegyang also got it and got well. Thankfully, all three recovered. The royal couple was rather proud and fond of their son. Zhongjiao may have been brighter than your average baby. He did grow up to become a respected king, but I'm pretty sure this is the same as chroniclers bragging about how perfect the Black Prince was. Sadly, Sado was starting to show issues. His mother-in-law spent a great deal of time in the palace due to measles and Zhongzhou's birth. During this time, Sado started showing some signs of mental illness. He'd get frustrated easily, and his mother-in-law, of all people, was able to calm him down. He had hallucinated while reading Taoist writings in 1752. This terrorized him, quote, I see the thunder god, end quote. His mental illness became worse after this. The hallucination about the thunder god led to Sado being fearful of lightning and thunder. These are common weather events in Korea. And a reminder, he's still only in his teens. The couple's first daughter was born in 1754. This meant that his mother-in-law spent even more time at the palace and helped calm him more often. He wasn't even 20, and he was already showing the signs that he would be struggling with his mental health. While Sado's wife was doing everything right, the prince's eyes were wandering. He took a concubine, Sukbin, sometime in 1753. He knew his father would be disappointed when this concubine fell pregnant. There's not a note as to why in Ye Gyeong's memoirs. I imagine because the king was rather fond of his daughter-in-law, and she was, well, doing her job. Sado gave this secondary consort medicine to try to cause an abortion. This failed and further terrified him. His relationship with his in-laws, oddly, came in handy here. His father-in-law, of all people, was able to convince the king not to be angry at Sado. Yes, this is a rather different family relationship than we're used to. Sado's third son, Yi In, who would survive well into adulthood, was born on the 1st of February, 1754. Sukbin had the couple's second child, another son, Yi Chan, in 1755. If you're keeping count, he now has one surviving son and daughter with his wife, and two surviving sons with his consort. He actually had four children under the age of three, and having had three under two, I can tell you that's a lot. It's probably a good thing he was a prince and had a bit of help. Sado really didn't know what to do about his sons with his junior consort. His wife was actually reprimanded for not being jealous. Remember what her father-in-law had said at her wedding. In Confucianism, being jealous of your husband's mistress is actually grounds for divorce. Lady Hyegyung actually comments on how unfair and odd it was that she was treated this way in her memoirs. She couldn't think of a reason that people were doing this. Sado's parents basically ignored their extra grandchildren. In late August or September 1755, Sado lost his beloved mother-in-law. It was, of course, devastating for his wife, but it upset him greatly as well. In 1756, his father-in-law was appointed magistrate of Guangzhou. This is a city in Gyeonggi-do, the province directly to the west of Seoul. Not Guangzhou, the city of a well-known pro-democracy uprising in 1980. 
I'd like to note that today, this city is less than an hour away from Seoul by car, or even train. But in those days, it would have taken a bit longer. Sado came down with smallpox that year as well. And later that year, Sado's wife had his fifth child and her last. Don't worry, Lady Hyegyang lived a long time, but they didn't have any more children. Early April 1756 saw the death of Sado's adoptive mother, Queen Jongsong, at 64. As I mentioned, Sado was close to his adoptive mother. And in May, his adoptive grandmother, Dowager Queen Inwan, died as well. These two deaths pushed Sado even deeper into his mental illness. While Sado was the son of one of King Yongjo's consorts, he had been close to his adoptive mother, the queen, and his father's adoptive mother, the dowager queen. His wife's father, though, was appointed to a post in Seoul, which should have helped. Sadly, Sado was not going to get well. At this point, he was only 21. Remember, much like the Black Prince's illness, having the crown prince unwell was a serious issue for the nation. There were no other princes available. The oldest of Sado's surviving sons was only four, and his father was 62. This would have been nerve-wracking for the king and most of the court. Sado hadn't even started acting out. He had just shown an inability to control his temper and moderate his emotions. That was about to change. Sado was able to hide his illness from his parents. His wife and servants, though, noticed. His wife was heartbroken. His servants, on the other hand, were rightly terrified. In April or May 1756, Yongjo accused Sado of drinking. Remember, the king had banned alcohol. Sado never drank, but his father still made him stand in the courtyard and be publicly interrogated. Eventually, Sado actually admitted to something he'd never done. Then he blamed it on the court ladies for giving it to him. The king did not take any of this well and screamed at his terrified son. This led to a huge argument in the palace and the poor court lady being banished. Oh, and this whole disagreement also caused a fire when a candlestick fell over. The fire burnt an entire palace building. And again, the king blamed Sado for this. Sado had taken on a second consort, so that's his wife and two junior wives in 1756. Again, his father was unhappy with this. This newest consort had been a servant for his grandmother, and this was frowned upon due to a complicated incest prohibition. This isn't the Habsburgs, after all. The king and Sado argued because the prince hadn't visited his father for months. Remember, they lived in the same palace, and the grounds are large, but they're not that big. The king was also upset about his son taking another wife. He publicly yelled at him. Sado was so upset this time, he jumped into a well. Yes, it was apparently a suicide attempt. He only survived because the well was frozen. A palace guard climbed down to carry him out. When Sado's father-in-law tried to defend him, the king actually fired Lady Hyegyang's father. The king even told off Lady Hyegyang. Sado's behaviors were starting to affect those around him. Around the same time as his third marriage, Sado started becoming violent towards the ladies in court. He would assault these women until they gave in to his sexual advances. 
So in other words, he was raping the various servants and slaves of the court. This is not okay in any time period. As his wife says, quote, Needless to say, no one welcomed his advances. End quote. When the king would leave for visits, Sado would hold many war games and force the palace servants to join him. Starting in 1757, whenever the king would publicly berate Sado, the prince would beat his eunuchs. He also developed a phobia of clothing. 1757 wasn't over for bad news. This is the year Sado started killing people. The first was a palace eunuch. He decapitated the poor man and carried his head to the ladies-in-waiting. Yes, I wasn't overblowing it with a content warning at the start. In 1758, one of Sado's sisters died. This one of suicide. She starved herself to death after her husband's death. While others considered it honorable, her father was angered. On the other hand, Sado was impressed by his sister's actions. A conversation between father and son happened in 1758. This is directly from Lady Hyegyong's book. The prince told his father, When anger grips me, I cannot contain myself. Only after I kill something, a person, perhaps an animal, even a chicken, can I calm down. Why is that so? His majesty asked. Because I am deeply hurt. Why are you hurt? I saw that your majesty does not love me and terrified when you criticize me. All this turns to anger. Sado then gave his father a rundown of the people he had killed. The king, hopefully due to being in a bit of shock at the news, told his son that he would be kinder to him. I think this is too little, too late. Sado also promised that he wouldn't kill anyone else. Spoilers, he lied. When Sado talked to his wife about this conversation, he was snippy and mean to her. Plus, he predicted that his behavior would lead to his death, and he wasn't wrong. On that not-so-lovely family note, I'm going to stop for the week. I'll be back next week with the conclusion of his story. Just a warning, it doesn't get any happier, and it will not end well. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Past. I can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PastPod. That's P-A-S-S-E-D-P-O-D. Please feel free to email me at passpod at gmail.com. I have a Patreon that can be found at patreon.com forward slash passpod. 